service, with unemployment insurance, with minimum wages, with, you know, the, the usual sort of mechanism of a welfare state. Now, some of it was already in place, mind you, since 1907, because Lloyd George was the one who, sort of who started that before World War One, but it was very small. And you see it sort of growing until it grew and grew and grew and became so big that people felt, oh, this is getting too big, so they voted Margaret Thatcher into office and she cut it down and, you know, and it went up again. So, I mean, she uh, kept a copy of Hayek in her handbag. Yeah, well... Either apocryphally or not, that story is out there. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not sure if she read Hayek, but I do know, you know, that a lot of Republicans read uh, Hayek, and that's on a good day. On a bad day, they read Ayn Rand. And so some people have, 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 of course, misgivings about the welfare state. I have misgivings because, it's, you know, it's a bureaucracy and it's, you know, governments do screwy things. But we couldn't live without that because we could not really live in a society in which we take uh, free market economics too seriously. And that's why we have the welfare state. And that's also why we have antitrust and we have regulation. And we have a lot of other things because the economy is too important to leave it 100% to the market, just as it's too important to leave it 100% to the government. You need this odd partnership in which... Markets and governments oddly complement each other and correct each other, and they can't exist without the other, even so they hate the other side. It's like a bad marriage in which the two partners are not fond of each other, but they realize that going their separate ways would make life infinitely worse for both of them. They're doing it for the kids. Huh? <laughs> what? They're staying together for the kids. Well, they're staying not necessarily for the kids, even if they don't. I know, I know bad marriages where people stay together. Not because the kids, but because, you know, the house and the division of labor and, you know, you do the laundry and I do the drive and whatever. And, and anyway, it, it's not clear that the marriage is always bad. It's bad on bad days and good on good days, like every marriage. But I think that is uh, the way society has tempered the instincts of a free market economist. And that's the greatness of, on the one hand, you get Keynes and the Keynesians who basically looked at the macro picture, and then there's a whole literature in public finance that says, look, you know, there are certain things that the free market does that we don't like. And this consists basically of two large groups. One is market failures, okay? So people use inputs they don't pay for, or they create externalities, or, you know, things like that. And the other thing is what you just said, which is even if there are no externalities, there are no public goods, there's none of that, but we don't like the distributional outcome. So we're going to change the distributional outcome. Now, how do we do that? Well, we have a progressive income tax. That doesn't seem to do it. So we make sure that there are certain goods, sometimes known as merit goods, that everybody is entitled to. So education, healthcare, housing, uh, things like that. And so I think that, that that's a world that took a century to build. And it's a world that thinks it's not the best of all possible world. 